Hey, Fro. Yeah. What does a clam do on his birthday? Uh, A clam do on his birthday? I have no clue. He celebrates. Uh, (laughs) On this week's special episode, one year anniversary of another digital citizen, we are going to talk about news from the week. We are going to talk about no mercy predictions. We are going to talk about bound for glory. And we're going to talk about Miss Peregrine Home for Particular Children. And we're going to discuss Westworld, Episode 1. This is another digital citizen. This is a podcast meant to encourage logic through stupidity and chaos. A podcast meant to incite discussion between friends, enemies, countries, and religions. This is a podcast for us. For the digital world. Welcome, citizen. Hello, ladies and uh, gentlemen, and uh, welcome to this. Woohoo! I'm not going to do it as loudly as I usually do because uh, it's so echoing in this room that it's uh, a little surprising because there's nothing here where I'm sitting. It's it's a weird podcast, but we were going to uh, get to that uh, soon. Hello, Tilly. Uh, crickets, crickets. <laughs> Tilly is sick. Oh, I look. Hi, bro. Hi, everybody. Just yep, the two is of us. Sick this week, so it's just us. Yeah. Just two of us. Pulling the one-year show alone, but that's fine. Uh, Happy one-year anniversary, my dear. <laughs> One year. Yeah, it's yeah. our first birthday. It feels like it's longer and shorter in the same time. It's a, it's a little weird. I went back and listened to episode one this week. Just such, uh, a, to, such a bad yeah. episode. <laughs> really, I I was I was pleasantly surprised at how well we did in that episode. Yeah, yeah. especially Tilly. I mean, that's that's Tilly's second time being on on Skype. <laughs> oh right, yeah. It was just the uh, we did uh, we kind of knew exactly what we wanted to do, and I think we did it, and I think. Uh, We've changed things up since then, but uh, probably oh for gosh. the better, hopefully. Yes. Yes. Maybe no, sometimes not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like last episode? <laughs> right. Well, that was a little unavoidable. You were – Fro was seriously delirious by the end of the show. You I, told me like the next day that yeah. you didn't remember a whole bunch of what we even did on last week's episode. Like, so. I, I remember 50% of what we did last episode. I was so sick. I don't know why I did the uh, – podcast to be honest i should probably just not do it but i did it 
Yeah, it happened. Yeah. I mean, I told you at the time, I was like, I don't know, maybe we should wait till tomorrow. But I think it was like we couldn't do it the next day for some uh-huh. reason. Somebody was busy. Yeah. So it, it happened. So this is this is such a weird podcast, not only because Tilda isn't there, but it's the last podcast I'm going to have in my old apartment. Right. We, I can definitely hear the difference in the room just by the <laughs> sound <so> quality. <laughs> yeah. So it, you, it sounds like you're in so like a, a dance hall or something. Yeah. Like you're in a ballroom doing a podcast. Yeah. Because there's there's nothing here. Like, right. like uh, uh, it's a lamp, it's a table, and it's my computer <laughs> and a bed. <laughs> like, that's everything. And tomorrow, tomorrow early, I'm going to pack down the computer. It's going to be hard for me to have two days without a computer, but it's okay. Um, you got a phone. I have a, good enough. I have a phone. Yeah, it's that. But uh, it's it's kind of like uh, I was thinking about it. It's kind of it's kind of strange that our one year anniversary just ha- happened to fit on the day before I'm moving, moving, or I'm moving on Friday. I'm moving, moving on Friday. Tomorrow I'm doing the last of the the uh, the packing that's left. There's not much left. But it's a lot of garbage packing. Uh, because, like, literally in the corner, I have, like, put all the garbage in one co- corner to just have it there. Right. So I have to go through that and, like, sort it out and put it in bags and things like that tomorrow. And then I have, like, the big moving day on Friday. Right, yeah. So tomorrow. It's always stressful. Yeah, so tomorrow someone is getting the refrigerator. I gave away my washer yesterday, so I feel like I'm living in a place where nobody should live. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Like nobody lives there still, but you're just staying there. Yeah, right. Like, like I feel like I am occupying uh, occupying space instead of like living here, because there's nothing here. Like there's right. there there's actually nothing here. So weird. No sofa, like no no paintings on the wall. I've taken down the curtains. I've taken down all the lights. So the only light I have is <laughs> a light that's standing on the ground and it's trying to light the whole apartment and it's really dark in Norway. Yeah. So 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 when I I was I was thinking of of this, it's kind of weird that that fits in together with this one year anniversary because. It's kind of celebrating one year, and it's also celebrating the the years I lived in the same place, and now I'm getting my own place, and and all the ben- benefits of of that. It's uh, such a wedding. Yep, so, exciting. It'll be fun. Ne- I mean, look forward to the future. Next week will be the first uh, yeah. podcast in the new apartment. So look so at it that way. Freaking strange. Yep. It'll be cool. Strange. How has your week been? Busy. Uh, wrestling last weekend went to like went out of town for that. Were you and then, wrestling? Um, <laughs> well, filming and then yeah, just uh, busy doing other stuff. Uh, busy around the house and it's been pouring, pouring rain for three days straight or something like that. Uh, so, um, 
So, uh, let's talk a little about the news. What did you do last night? Uh, we watched the vice presidential debate. That's right. Just the two of us. <laughs> uh, it felt like that. A little like that. Because like nobody had any interest in this debate other than me and Luke. It felt like. Has there ever- uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't see a lot of stuff on my social media about it. But um, some people were interested. Yeah. Uh, probably more. I, I saw somebody saying something. Probably not a lot of people who are uh, independents are going to be watching the vice presidential debate because that's not what they're going to be deciding on. Right. People who are undecided, people who already decided they're going to vote one way or another, those are the people that were probably going to be watching a vice presidential debate to begin with. So. So what did what did you think about the vice president debate? Uh, it was weird. Uh, I think we, we we both thought the moderator did a good job. And well, I think she was really people, good. Most people thought the same thing. I, I only saw one place, which was actually, strangely enough, a really liberal online um, news site that said that they thought she did a bad job. And that was the only place I saw oh, that said I that. I yeah, very she strange. Was, she, I, uh, might, I mean, it might just be because they are doing the same thing uh, in the vein of... Uh, you know, they lost. Right. So they got to. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think everybody agreed that uh, Tim Kane, uh, uh, Mike Pence won this. Uh, even last night. Uh, Straight down. I went to bed. CNN had said that Mike Pence won that. So CNN says that he, he won. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was so much better. It was almost like a walkover. The funniest part of the night uh, was she threw a question to Tim Kane about um north korea yeah north, the and north he korea. goes off it's so about, about trump uh <laughs> about something about trump that I, I don't even remember what it was Me neither. And he, just, he finishes this like three minute thing about donald trump and they go back to the uh, moderator and she says the question was about north korea you know that <laughs> <laughs> oh but 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 kane was such he was so trumpy I I was thinking about it like today, what I didn't like about him. He interrupted every single fucking time. It was so it was so extremely like why why do that? I mean, it, he seemed really wired. Like he seemed like uh, high on coffee. Super yeah. like super excited to be there. So excited that he couldn't contain himself. So he kept talking over him because he's like. Oh, uh, an idea just popped into my head, and then it just came out of his mouth before he could stop himself. And he he was like, okay, I understand your question. Trump bashing, Trump bashing, blah, 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 more Trump bashing on my point. That is kind of the way he he talked. The whole debate, like every single time he talked, it was something about Trump. Yeah, it, that is true. Like I, I said on when we, we were chatting... Uh, I think he talked more about Trump than he did about Hillary. Yeah. Or at least he said Trump's name more than he said Hillary. So. Oh, definitely. Yeah. It's, but, uh, yeah, uh, it's, uh, I wish those two were the candidates because it was a good debate. That is kind of one of the things that I, I, I came from it, and like wishing they were the candidates instead of the candidates we have. That's it fell and bit into disarray towards the end of the debate. It seemed like the 
first half maybe was a bit more uh there was a lot more policy stuff and they right. uh, didn't talk over each other as much at one point uh, i don't know three quarters of the way through they were just talking to each other and the moderator is going guys guys hey hello hello <laughs> <laughs> yeah they they ignored her like totally like they yeah. they were they just, were rude yeah it was just blatantly rude yeah, yeah. Sexuating. Yeah, uh, it was an all right debate. I'd say uh, I would have liked to see this lady moderate the presidential debate last yes, time. Or yes. She would have been way better, but that's just my opinion. So. Uh, me too. Uh, another thing uh, me and uh, Luke watched together and was much more boring <laughs> was the WikiLeaks news conference this week that, that me and Luke were... Uh, staying up for and and were super excited for because they promised uh, to tell some shit about Hillary and what did they tell us? Uh, nothing. <laughs> it ended up uh, it ended up not being a release of any information at all. So it was they just ended up uh, celebrating ten uh, the ten year anniversary of yeah. WikiLeaks. Uh, I don't know if this was just them trolling people or what this yeah. was, but maybe big troll. Maybe the information that came out uh, that said that they were releasing some information, maybe that was, maybe that wasn't true to begin with. Maybe all that was a big, uh, I, I, I'm not going to say lie, but a big ruse kind of. I mean, it was in the major news. It was it was on CNN. I saw it on uh, MSNBC. So all the major news outlets. Uh, covered that it was going to happen and then that it got canceled at one point it was supposed to happen on tuesday uh tuesday right uh no monday it was going to happen on monday but it got they they wanted to cancel it uh because of security concerns yeah but it was going to be him uh live doing it so they ended up doing it over skype because uh they thought somebody was going to try to kill him is what it sounded like yeah So, yeah, it it was a big build-up to uh, basically nothing. nothing. But they did do some interesting Q&A with him, uh, if you watched it. Uh, The most interesting part is probably when they were talking about... One person asked him, uh, are you supporting Trump or or are you supporting Hillary? And he's like, we're definitely not supporting Trump. (laughs) So, yeah, that was interesting because a lot of people have accused him of that. Definitely. Um... So, uh, one question for you. Sprechen Sie Deutsch? Uh, no, I no. don't. No, I took Spanish. We, we In high school, I could have taken Spanish or oh, German, yeah. and I took Spanish, yeah. And I don't know what Spanish at this point either, so there you go. So, Deutsche Bank, what did they do this week? Well, it's kind of been a thing over the last couple weeks, uh, they're basically failing just like the banks did here in America. Um, and this is a massive bank that covers all, it's all over the world. Uh, so if this bank was to collapse, which uh, Germany has said, Merkel said she's not going to bail them out. She has nice. said it adamantly she won't. That uh, this could be very bad for not. Imagine. What happened here in America in 2008, except for on a world stage? Yeah. So it could—it's it, something to look out for in the future. Um, and they're basically just waiting for it to settle uh, 
there's a they're being sued by us by the U.S. for some bad trading, uh, and they're trying to settle it so that they don't have to pay it because if they do, they're going to go under. So you, the U.S. right now kind of has the leverage on Germany. So, <laughs> well, not on Germany, but that bank. Right. Well, kind of because uh, it would basically crumble the whole economy of Germany if it went under. So do it's the biggest, it. Do it's it. It's one of the biggest <laughs> banks in, in like the entire world. Like do it. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean that. More than likely, it won't happen because it would not only affect them; it would affect us as well because it's that massive of a bank. So, more than likely, we will settle with them. I'm guessing, but we'll see what happens. Other surprising news: Pentagon uh, paying 540 million for a false propaganda campaign in Iraq. About what? Uh, about ISIS. Uh, the Pentagon – this came out this week. Uh, the Pentagon paid a um, UK PR firm. Uh, specifically, it was Theresa May's uh, – or no, uh, Thatcher's uh, – Margaret Thatcher's PR firm. Really? That she used. Uh, they, they were hired by the Pentagon to move to Iraq and create um, false – Prop, uh, ISIS propaganda and online videos, right? Um, so that they could, it says, so that they could track people. Track it, track. So, what this means is a lot of, some at least of the online videos that that maybe have been have circled around online, uh, that maybe have been on the news that you've seen that have been used to kind of push the war against terrorism, maybe were made by the Pentagon and a PR firm from the UK. <laughs> so that's uh, terrifying. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's interesting news from this week. Yeah. Weird. Hey, uh, did you know that Luke Cage destroyed, destroyed Netflix this week? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I saw that. Even in Norway. And that is such a big surprise, because Norway has Europe's fastest internet. And we are second, second in the world after South Korea? Really? I think the article said. I would have to look it up again. Uh... After South, some, I would be surprised by South Korea, but uh, I think it was uh, something like that. I suddenly forgot. Oh yeah, South Korea. Yep. Good. Uh, I'm good, good thing you had that article up to look at, bro. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, yeah. Uh, fastest in the world after South Korea. I mean. They're That's... they're a bit ahead. It says you have uh, twenty megabits per second, and they have twenty seven megabits oh. per second. But still, so they're they're still a bit ahead of you. But the next place is Sweden. Yep. Which is pretty close to you, so that kind of makes sense. At eighteen, mm-hmm. uh, well, more like nineteen, we'll say. And Hong Kong, oh, Hong Kong's in third with nineteen point five, I guess. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Except that Hong Kong is not a country, so yeah. 
that doesn't really work, but all right, whatever. Where is the USA on that list? Uh, it doesn't say. That would it's be not, it's not I think here, it's so. pretty low. Yeah, I'd have to find the full list, but I'm sure it's a giant list. So. Yeah. But I mean, I'm pretty sure Australia is one of the lowest places. Oh I yes, know that. Australia they have terrible. Is yeah. Terrible. For Australia. It's because they only have one uh, underwater cable uh, inter- internet line that goes from right uh, to them from uh, the, I guess, uh, Asia. So. Sure. Yeah. But uh, I, I'm proud of Norway. I mean. We are the fast, fastest in Europe, and I mean, being second after South Korea, I mean. I I'm think... kind of surprised that, about South Korea. I, oh, yeah. I didn't know they were, I mean, I knew they were advanced tech, technologically, but that's I... like, that's crazy. Yeah, that's fast. I have a question for you. Uh, it's maybe a little, like, weird question, but how do you make, like... How do you make the internet go fast? Uh, I guess the faster the hubs that you're using that it's connected to everybody else's computer, the faster the internet would be. Yeah. So it's probably how advanced your hub is, yeah. But where do they take it from? Hubs. Like, do they create the a false internet speed? And distribute it, or what do they do? No, I'm sure it just has to do with... Uh, they probably have fastest fiber optic available uh, everywhere. So this probably has to do with, like, an average. So not everybody has this rate of internet. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. this is an average. So people, some people, it's probably much faster than this, and probably right. some people are less fast than this. Okay. So it's not like... They're putting out a constant speed of this, but they just have more advanced, uh, uh, probably wiring and technology at the hub. But uh, do you think it's internet per per person that lives in the country, or or is it the country itself? Because I mean, there there lives a few more persons in in South Korea than than Norway. Spoiler: It's alert. on average, I'm sure. Yeah, it says the Norway's average connection speed in the thing. So, so out of as many, so yeah, yeah, it's not per capita. So depending on how many people, you're gonna have a different average. Yes. So really, we shouldn't be that proud because we are such a fucking small country. Mm, possibly, but again, I don't know how they got this, got this formula together. Yeah. So it could. But it just says Norway's average connection speed, so I would assume that's how, how it is. Yes. Yeah, probably. Hey, I hate differences. I, 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 I think we should all think the same. <laughs> you think we should all think the same? Yes. I don't think that's how that works. Yes, I hate that people are different. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Tron is going to tell the truth about embracing differences. Hello, this is Tron with Tron Tells the Truth. When I'm making this, it's late at night. It's over 5 o'clock in the morning. It's going to be 6 o'clock in the morning before I get to bed. And I think that's okay. I'm one of those people who live by night and sleep by day. I'm not emo. I'm not very goth either. I just like nights.
and I like to work at nights too, and I like to sleep in by day. And I just like to follow my own rhythm. We always told if you are two kind, there are two kind of people: an A person and a B person. A person they work early up in the morning and always want to do something in the early in the morning and jogging and bullshit like that. I never been like this, and a lot of people are not. I'm the other kind of person, the B person, the person who don't like to go to bed early because it's a lot happening during night. Smells, sounds, and a lot of things. Night movies on TV, for example, and someone just almost just like fucking during night and sleep longer today and fuck again. But that is not the most important thing about this. B persons are always those people who are must be ashamed because we are too lazy, it says. Yes. We are lazy. But really, if I sleep the same amount of hours as an A person, am I not lazy just because I sleep during the day? We have to change the society a little bit because the society is always one fit for all. We don't like people are different. We don't like diversity. That's why we can't stand the B person and the A person is always the best. But that comes to a lot of other things too in society. We want one. It took a long time before we accepted gay people and black people. People don't still accept Jews. We don't like diversity. We like order. We like uniforms. We like the one size fit all society. Just asking questions about that, well, people just try to hide. Even the most liberal people of us have sometimes problem with diversity. There has been a big debate in the United States about and all over Europe about about sexual genders. I don't even have. I thought it was just gay, straight, bisexual, but even that is not anymore. It's pansexual. It's well, everything sexual. Well, that's okay, but we are still not accepting it because we don't like diversity. We don't like women who have a penis, or we don't like people in drag. We not accept men like wearing women's clothes, and we not accept anything really. People who think diversity, all the most liberal ones, don't like diversity. When you see a politician who is elected, what kind of people do you see? We also one size fits all. Would be like a atheist guy who had three wives. No, we wouldn't. Would be like a total liberal man who liked to drink and go to orgies. No, we wouldn't that either. We were like uh, a, a punk man, a punk rocker. A lot of tattoos and chains in his face. No, we wouldn't that either. There's a lot of things we wouldn't like to have. Because when it comes to society, it's okay. When it comes to politicians, it's another. We just have to open our minds. Even the most liberal people of, of us have to open our minds. And like diversity like difference learn to live that people don't live up to your standards living a conservative life also is a way of choice you should respect well why not well that was me for all I'm gonna not sleep be awake for many hours more and when you listen to this maybe in the afternoon 3 o'clock I'm maybe awake serve myself a breakfast have a good day. This was Tron, but Tron tells the truth. So, that was uh, Tron telling the truth about 
embracing differences. Um, have you watched anything on TV this week? Uh, yeah, I actually caught some of uh, Big Brother Over the Top. They have a one-week free trial on the CBS website, uh, which you, Fro, would probably need a VPN anyways. But Yeah. Uh, Not that yeah. interested. <laughs> it's, uh, it's weird. Uh, they have head of household competitions and all that, but uh, every week uh, the... People who get a vote on their website, uh, they get to pick one person to nominate. So there's three people that get nominated, and they still do like a veto round. But then uh, at the end, there's no jury, so they uh, the people online get a vote for who wins. So that's really interesting. So it kind of is like a combination of maybe America and UK. Uh, but the most interesting part is that it's 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Uh, and also the least interesting thing about it, because it's really boring to watch. It's very much like that slow TV you guys have over there, right. or whatever it's called. Uh, but they do have scheduled times where they do things, and I guess there will be a show tonight, so we'll see what that's all about. I saw the Disney Channel show My Babysitter, <laughs> A Vampire. First episode of that because I okay. thought it was, was it, something who's in else. That? Oh, okay. I was like, my babysitter, a vampire. That sounds really cool. I downloaded it and it. Oh, it's Disney Channel. That sounded really good. Nobody in it that I would know. No. All little, all little kids, Disney yeah. kids. Mm-hmm. We'll know who they are in three years because they'll be, like, super famous. That's yeah. what happens. Shit show. Uh, uh, we both watched ti- uh, Timeless because I ended up watching that last wow. night. Such a good show. Uh, I really liked it. There's some there's some stuff that's really broken about the timeline stuff, oh, but yeah. I really like the ending of this episode was awesome. Uh, one of the best endings uh, of, of something. Yeah. Really good. One of the best shows of the week. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, and then, did you see No Tomorrow last night? Yes, I did. Uh, uh did not you... like it. I enjoyed it. I thought, I was surprised that, I was like, this is like a weird, like, girly show, but it's really fun in a way. Uh, so I found it boring, to be honest. I think it could get interesting, but uh. that just... We will see. Uh, I saw Conviction this week. The first episode of Conviction. That was good. What's uh, that? Uh, uh, it's um, um, a special unit that are trying to get uh, like uh, it internal uh, uh, unit that are trying to get people out of prison. So they are. And it's going- called Conviction. Yeah, because they they are going after people that was convicted. Oh, okay, I yeah. see. So it's not a very clever title, but I know. But yeah. it, it was a good show, actually. I I I liked it. I like that kind of shows. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Have not watched Marvel's Luke Cage, believe it or not. Uh, I will probably do that uh, another time. But uh, is there a reason this is so popular? Um. I'm excited. That I don't know about. I'm excited. 
I mean, but why? Why? Are why you am excited? I excited? Yes. Ah, uh, he was in Jessica Jones. I really like Jessica Jones. Oh, okay. So the main actor is why everybody's excited for this. Uh, probably and the storyline as well. Oh, like, okay. he he is going to have a storyline in the next. I just it seems like there's a lot of bandwagon jump bandwagon jumping about the show. Like all of a sudden everybody's like, oh, that's my favorite thing ever, and it's like. Um, Never heard any of these people. I'm going to watch it, but uh, oh, I'm just I'm saying that uh, this show got super popular. Like oh, yeah, you yeah. said it broke broke Netflix, and it was just surprising to me. I expected it to be popular with the regular crowd of uh you know Marvel people, but I didn't expect it to be just massive like this. So, but I started to watch a weird and kind of racist and homophobic show from the beginning, Two and a Half Men. Oh, yeah, that show's terrible. I never uh, liked that show. It's like I laugh sometimes, but it's that uncomfortable laughing. It's kind of <laughs> that kind of laughing. If you understand what I mean, it's it's like this is funny, but I'm not supposed to laugh. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Weird. All right, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I I never watched that show. I saw there was a point uh, I remember I didn't have cable. I maybe had three channels or whatever, and it was on w- one of those channels. It seemed like ten hours a day, so you could not avoid it sometimes. But I I never seen a full episode. I don't think I never liked that show. Really? Well, uh, anything of these any of these new shows you've uh, you've done the two episodes and I'm done with it? Not yet. No, oh. I think Atlanta. I don't think I'm. I haven't gone back to it yet. Oh yeah, I'm not sure if I will. I haven't seen watched Atlanta either. That's so. I strange. did not go back and watch episode three. I think it's just because it was the first show of many new shows to come yeah. out, and I just haven't gone back. But I feel like it's going to get the two episode, and you're out. Yeah. So. But now we're going to talk about what's going to be our main topic of the show. We're going to talk about every result. Relax, everybody. We're talking 30 minutes plus plus about this. Bound for glory. We're not talking 30 minutes plus about this. <laughs> there isn't 30 minutes plus to say I, about I this. I know. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Unless you took full and complete detailed notes that I don't know about, bro. <laughs> no. Which I highly doubt. <laughs> no, I didn't. Of course I didn't. Who, who the fuck cares? The pay-per-view. <laughs> that is the, the title of the pay-per-view. I didn't even know it was happening, honestly. Like, yeah, nobody did. I, I, I was like, "Bound for Glory" is that really this weekend? <laughs> I was like, "Oh, I should probably watch that." I like some of those people. So let's go into it. You watched it. Uh, um, what did you think about it? Like all over. You're not uh, such a big fan that that I was. I know that. I mean, I think I told you everything uh, we talked about a little yesterday, but uh, pretty much I just thought that it the la- from the last pay-per-view, TNA pay-per-view I saw, which was uh, Slammiversary, yeah. which was like six months ago or something, yeah, something like that. Uh, the production quality as far as the pay-per-view went down a lot. And I understand they don't have as much money now and they don't have – a lot of people quit or were fired or whatever. 
so I understand that, but that really hindered it. There was some fun stuff, but I'm not as big a fan of the Hardy stuff is uh, of the Hardy stuff as other people. So but, I, I, that really didn't get me that much. And then, uh, yeah, there was a few good matches. The X division match was good. Uh, the main title match I did not like, so that takes away from it again. So, yeah, I don't know. What'd you think, bro? Uh, I really liked this pay-per-view. I think it's one of TNA's best pay-per-views in years, to be honest. Uh, I, I think there was maybe one or two matches that I really didn't like, but let's go like fast through it. Um, Jade uh, defeated Cena. Nobody cares. One of the most like boring matches. It's, it was a single match. Then uh, DJC defeated Trevor Lee for the TNA X Division Championship. Uh, that was maybe one of my favorite matches of the uh, of the uh, night. I really like DJC. I do. Like he's one of the things that, and w- we should say something. There, there was really big rumors about before this pay-per-view that this pay-per-view was not going to happen because uh, TNA was out of money. And uh, they more or less confirmed on the pay-per-view, Bound for Glory, that um, Billy Corgan has bought TNA. Uh, in a backstage interview, I am not sure who said it, but in a backstage interview, uh, someone saw, uh, said in a sentence, more or less, yes, uh, Bill Corgan bought his uh, company because he wants to see me, like in a backstage interview. I'm not sh- sh- sure who it was, but uh, it was kind of interesting. I could have just misspoke. He could have meant that he bought into the company because he did do that already. So that doesn't mean anything to me, really. Right, but but uh, nobody knew that, uh, like, there was big, 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 big problems for TNA. Uh, I understand. I'm just saying he had already yeah. bought into the company. So right, that, but, but it seems like it's them that's giving the money. I don't think Billy Corrigan owns 100% of this company. No, I do not think that at all. Maybe, maybe not. So, no. uh, now, Eli... There, they were asking so much money. Do you think Billy Corgan paid all that money for it? No. No. He did oh, not. no, definitely not. Uh, so the third match of the night was Eli Drake uh, winning uh, by eliminating Tyrus and Jesse Gobridge for a bound for gold gauntlet match where the winner could choose any championship match of their choice. There's too much fucking going on in this match. This was the this really was one of my like least favorite matches of the night. This was bad. What did you think? I didn't really watch this match because it was boring. It's, so it was so boring. It was such... I really don't have much to say about this pay-per-view, so you <laughs> like I really I don't. don't. I, so you like yeah. Uh, Moose defeated uh, Mike Bennett in a single match. Good match. Um, Aaron Rex. Who is Aaron Rex? Uh, you may ask. 
and I will ask Luke about that. Do you know who Aaron Rex is? Uh, he's some guy who is generic on TNA. But <laughs> do you know who he was in WWE? Yes, I do. He was called but Dan now he's not. Sandow. But now he's not, because he's got no beard. He's just a generic guy now. That's all he is. Yeah. And he defeated Eddie Edwards by split uh, decision. And it was a single match to determine the ignoral Impact Grand Champion. How fucking stupid was this match? Uh, it. I mean, they've done so many of these silly titles in t- TNA that they just make up for one pay-per-view or whatever, and then it never comes back around. That it just so weird, so weird. Uh, the Broken Hardys, uh, Matt Hardy and Brother Nero, with Rebecca Hardy defeated the K Abyss and Chris Steves with Rosemary uh, for um, the TNA World Tag Team Championship. The best match of the night. Really loved this match. This was the match of the night for me. Uh, so many good wrestles. Uh, I I think there was nothing in this match I didn't like. I was so surprised how good I found this match. I was so entertained. <sighs> I, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, vacuum my carpet while we talk about this match. <laughs> and this uh, uh, was a 22 minutes and 28 second match. It was so 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 good. Then we had Gail Kim that uh, went into the TNA uh, Hall of Fame the same night. Uh, defeated what a surprise Maria with uh, Ali and. Mike Bennett for the TNA Knockout Champion. Then we had uh, no, which it was good to see Awesome Kong uh, yeah. at the thing, but really good. Uh, it doesn't look like she's wrestling anytime soon. Let's no. just say that. <laughs> no, uh, but uh, Dixie came out and destroyed everything as she does uh, when she speaks. Uh, so shut your mouth, Dixie, and let people that actually can cut promos. Cut Promo. Um, then we had uh, no, the no hold barred match uh, for the TNA uh, World uh, Heavyweight Championship uh, between uh, Lashley and Hidden Carter the Third. You hate Lashley. I'm not a huge Lashley fan, but I love Eden Carter the Third. Yeah, he's definitely the best thing in TNA, but Lashley is a charisma vacuum. Yeah. I, I'm i I'm not that big on Lashley. I think there was someone that saw, said that they would love Lashley back in the WWE. And I was like, what the fuck is he going to do there? <laughs> like, yeah, I saw uh, there are rumors out there about it, though. I saw some rumors like have him go against Brock Lesnar because he's actually an, another MMA fighter and it would be MMA versus MMA. Yeah. I don't want to see that. No, me neither. So that was the matches of tonight. Uh, I would give this out of 10. I would give this a 7. 7 out of 10. I'd four. probably give it a 4. <laughs> Luke is so happy about talking about this. 
I had, well, I didn't really watch it because I didn't. The only reason I watched what I did watch was because Fro was like, "We're gonna talk about it," and I was yeah. like, "I don't want to talk about this that <laughs> more than like five minutes because I don't have much to say because it was just it was nothing." And I know people love the Hardy stuff, but yeah. it's XPW. Every, I have a two. I have two seasons of XPW. I've seen every one. I I can just go back and watch that. So next, next week we will find out what Tilly thought about this because she actually watched it. Uh, so, um, do you know how m- many was uh, attendance? Because I'm on the Wikipedia page. Don't Google it. Do you know? Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Attendance as in in the impact zone? Yeah. Or as... Like how many... Uh, how many? They people? can't fit that many people in the impact zone. So I'd yeah. say like 400, 500 people? No. 1,100. But... Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, I was but, gonna say yeah. not that many people fit in that building. So yeah, and uh, the theme song for Bound for Glory was Rustabout, and guess who wrote that? Corgan. I wonder why. Uh, yeah, somebody else I think had uh, a Smashing Pumpkins song song as their intro music. I noticed. So, seems like he's. That's his big thing. I'll just put my music in it, and since everybody loves Smashing Pumpkins in 2016, it'll make this wrestling better, because that's how wrestling works. Yeah. Uh, Only thing important to wrestling is entrance music. Best. (laughs) So, um, talking about wrestling, uh, let's let's, uh, really talk about wrestling. Uh, let's do Bound for Glory. Uh, no, no mercy prediction since we are still talking about. Oh my God! No, we're not doing this much wrestling in a row. Go, we'll do that at. at really? After, yes. Are you we sure? don't want to sit there and no, we're not sitting here and talking about wrestling that long. Let's okay. go into the movie round. Okay. Have you watched a movie this year, week? Uh, no, I didn't. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> let's talk about something else. Let's go on talking about something else. I don't want to sit here and talk about... Nobody wants to sit here and listen to us talk about wrestling for 45 minutes straight. (laughs) I have actually watched uh, a movie this week. I watched... (laughs) Suckbusters. Fucking hated that movie. Oh... Okay. Is it? Uh, did you go and see it in the theaters? You saw it on no. on okay, at home. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't. I haven't seen it yet, but uh, I'm gonna hold out judgment. So we'll it's see. out. Okay. In places where you can get hold of it. Uh, I also uh, actually saw a Netflix documentary about Amanda Knox. Um, the Amanda Knox case is really interesting. Um, and if people don't know who that is, she was accused of killing uh, her uh, English friend on holiday in Italy. And she was actually convicted, then she was freed, then she was convicted again, then she was freed again. And this Weird. documentary, uh, yeah, it's a really good documentary. It's called Amanda Knox, <laughs> the documentary itself. So and she ended up not doing it? Like, like no, she didn't do it. Like, this okay. documentary 
like proves she didn't do it. Right. It's such a good documentary. Hmm, that's one cool. one of my like I you know my fascination for documentaries. You know the reason I didn't watch the Born the new Born movie this week is I kind of want to see it in the theater because I think if I can find it in the theater still I might go there this week. Um, but also just I watched everything we needed to watch for this show and then all the new TV that was out this week plus uh, all the news and. I got in a bad habit this week of watching InfoWars a bunch <laughs> on YouTube with Alex Jones to see what was going on with their their thing because it's hilarious. And they have some hilarious crap on their, that channel. I, I, I literally like can't go on there because I would be like stuck there watching. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, it's how it is. You go there and it's like, he's so ridiculous it's so over the top and ridiculous and some of the stuff they talk about is so stupid that you just can't it's like a car crash you can't turn away from it kind right. of and uh, yep. this week we were going to talk about stefan molnier we're going to talk about him later uh yeah well it's gonna yeah i'm gonna add it back to the list and we'll yeah. figure out a place to put it in there and uh, and uh, a lot of the stuff we're doing now because of the way we're doing scheduling with the how many pay-per-views there are it's like we're gonna have to pick it for a pay-per-view at some point i guess i don't know yeah but uh it's it's kind of it's for for me for me like i feel the same as you but sometimes like i i love documentaries i i've said that, like many times like i've i've seen i want to see a good documentary before i see a good movie like i there's there's something about documentaries that that are me. Like I I like last year I, my number one movie was a documentary. I think my number one movie this year is probably going to be a documentary. Like I I see everything that has to do with documentary. So so when when I, I I'm when I say a, a documentary is good, it's actually good. Like I, I actually know what I'm talking. about. I don't know how we got back to documentaries. You, you just went back in a circle on us, bro. I was like totally confused as how you got here. But let's, yeah. let's go to the trailer. What is the trailer this week? We are going to talk about one of the movies that I'm really looking forward to seeing. It's Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. And Fro just said that about as good as I could. Follow me. There's something I need to show you. But you have to promise not to run away. There's a new world. That house would fall over in an earthquake. Would you mind tying that rope around my waist? <laughs> and it's just around the bend. Promise to hold on to uh, I hope this is good. There's a new world coming. Wait, what's happening? CGI is great already. Yeah. It's like very subtle. Like you can see her eyes were not quite Come right. And stuff. Yeah. I have read right the novel. Miss Peregrine, delighted to meet you. And I love the novel. Wow. He's invisible. Of course. Yeah, Where it's just very subtle, like, changes to their faces and yeah. stuff. It's a recessive gene carrying down through families. The novel is so good. Uh, we'll get into it, but don't expect it to be anything. No, I, 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 I've uh, heard rumors about in places like this. To keep us safe, we create a time loop. 
A loop preserves the last 24 hours. Reset the loop and you can stay here forever. I knew you were one of That's not how time works. It's time for you to learn what <laughs> you can do. I'm no. extraordinary. No, you're not. You wouldn't be able to stay there forever. You'd be able to stay there for the same day. Over yeah. Well, it, that would be forever. I assure you, we are coming. This so looked like a bird. I saw this trailer, I uh, saw an earlier trailer all the way back when I watched, uh, You have the chance to do something that changes everything. Uh, Alice in Wonderland, the first one. That's how, how long ago the first trailer came out. Promise uh, one thing, Jake, that you will look after them all. I promise. Or not Alice in Wonderland, I meant Peter Pan. Uh, my dad said that everything had already been discovered. Not everything, Jake. I was gonna say it's a pretty mellow trailer up until now. Yeah. Now it's they're kind of kicking it in. I just, I just want to see this. It's the first movie I'm going to see in the cinemas after I moved. I was gonna say this is one you, uh, for people out there. You, if you watch the trailer, you definitely need to see this in the movies. It looks like it looks yeah. like definitely a big screen uh, kind of movie. It's where you're gonna get. Most out of it because a lot of special effects happening here and stuff like that. So. It has a rotten, rotten, sorry. <laughs> it has a rotten tomato score of 64, so not really like super good, but not uh, yeah. super it's, bad either. Yeah, like I, like I said while we were watching the trailer, there has been a lot of people complaining about it uh, moving away from the book. But I don't know why people still complain about that in this day and age. So. Yeah, a seven point two out of ten, where the nine uh, almost ten thousand volts on IMDb. So what is this movie about? When his beloved grandfather leaves Jake. Clue. Oh, when his beloved grandfather leaves Jake's clues to a mysterious to a mystery that spans different worlds and times, he finds a magical place known as Mrs. Pergreen's School for Particular Children. But the mystery and danger deepens as he gets to know the residents and learns about their special powers. Ooh. And their powerful enemies as well. So, where did you go? Uh, I went to the Facebook page. Okay. Uh, they only had one Facebook page, which is uh, in the last few uh, t weeks when I've done movies, all the movies have had like eight Facebook pages, and this one just had one. So I find that interesting. I got one from Cheryl Slounge. She says, fell in love with the books, couldn't wait to see the movie, enjoyed the movie, but very disappointed with so many changes to the story and characters. If I had, if I had never read the books, I probably would have been super confused. I love Tim Burton, but wish he had stuck to the actual story. Yeah. I I, I got a lot of that on the Facebook page. Uh, most of the ones that were positive, it was very clear they were just bots uh, created by the movie company to post on their page. But yeah. But uh, I I I I think it's it's I think it's going to be like either. Either or, uh, but it, 
it looks like like Tim Burton. It looks like something Tim Burton made. Definitely, yeah. And uh, I, I don't I, know. I, I, I've never read the books, but I am concerned by this review because she says if I, she said if I had never read the books, I would have been confused. So right. I'm not really sure what that means, but it that doesn't sound great. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, so I stole a review from uh, uh, the Rotten Tomatoes page. And uh, it's kind of a long review, but it was kind of a, a nice review. And uh, it has gotten three stars from uh, Jacob M. Uh, Miss uh, Peg Green's Home for Peculiar Children review. The good. Eva uh, Green as Miss Peg Green. The Peculiar uh, Children. The score. The visuals. The world that Tim Burton brought to life. The creepy Slenderman monster Samuel L. Jackson. The final battle was cool. The bat. Aesop <laughs> Butterfield. I wanted to see more of the world in the present day. I also wanted to know more about the girl that had a mouth in her back. The pacing was a little bit weird. Cliffhanger kind of ending. And overall, it was good. But not amazing movie from Tim Burton. Overall grade C plus. So that's about what it says on uh, on Rotten Tomatoes about a C plus. So yeah. makes sense. Uh, but the, definitely one of the movies that I'm, I'm going to see um, first when I'm done moving. But now we can talk no mercy. I'm begging you for mercy, mercy, mercy. Okay, um, I Why guess... Why you relieve me? Uh, we're I'm begging have you to for all... mercy. No, you, you've got, uh, you've got Tilly's I no mercy things, because she's not here. So I guess uh, I'll just keep mine and you keep those, and then will you... That That's the way we'll do it for next week, so... Sorry? Um... Uh, I guess let's start uh, with at number seven, which they added today, which is Kurt Hawkins versus James Ellworth. Who? I don't know who James Ellworth is. I think he's that guy who was in the back that Jericho talked to. Ah. Uh, Till you said Kurt Hawkins. I said Hawkins. I imagine this will probably be the pre-show match. Yeah. But it doesn't actually say that. So. And uh, I said Hawkins as well, so. Okay. Um, next, we're oh Nikki Bella versus Carmella, which I thought was for the women's title. Uh, for the oh yeah, uh, they, they don't have a title, right? They Nikki do Bella have a title. Carmella. They have a title, but uh, Becky Lynch has it. Uh, I think Carmella. I said Bella. Yeah. So did Tilly. Okay. Uh, next we have Randy Orton versus Bray Wyatt for a what is this build match? Uh, Randy Orton. I put Wyatt because uh, I think I needed to. I think what's going to happen is he's going to turn Orton, but we'll see what happens, I guess. And Tilly said Randy Orton. Next, uh, title versus career. 
for the Intercontinental Championship. Miz versus Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler is not going to quit wrestling. <laughs> I said Ziggler. Really? Yes. Everybody said Ziggler. <clears throat> Next, we have the SmackDown Tag Championships. Slater and Rhino versus the Usos. I think Slater and Team is going to have it. You think who? Slider and Co. Oh, I said Usos. The same did Tilly. And then for the... This is for the Women's Championship. Yes. Becky Lynch versus Alexa Bliss. I really like Alexa Bliss, so I'm going on a lime and say that. On the line, sorry. Uh, I said Lynch, because I think Alexa Bliss is jobber so yeah and uh, Tilly said Becky Lynch as well I feel like me and Tilly have said a lot of the same things but yeah. uh, last match world championship AJ Styles versus Dean Ambrose versus John Cena, John Cena for the WWE world heavyweight championship yeah what did you say Fro I said I really don't care uh, AJ I said AJ and Tilly said Cena. Please no. No. No, I don't want that. If any, if Ambrose wins, uh, I would be happier than with Cena. But I think AJ should probably retain. Yeah. Um, and then we can have a John Cena versus Dean Ambrose feud, and feud, and AJ can move on to something else. Yeah. I think is probably what we're gonna do, but we'll see. <clears throat> and that is no mercy for next week. Begging me for mercy. Why won't you release me? Well, that is everything tonight. Uh, we have nothing more to talk about, do we? Uh, I think we have one thing left to talk about. No. <laughs> it was so bad. No, it wasn't. Yeah, if you it don't want to talk about it, we don't have to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> it was really good, and it it's not was... like I took ten pages of notes for this. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about Westworld episode one. Uh, one. Yeah, this was a really good show. Oh, uh, such a good show. I I haven't read. Uh, well, I guess this isn't based off the books, but this is. It said uh, in the credits is based off the movie. We'll get into that, but yeah, I haven't seen the movie. I've seen. I probably movie. won't watch it until after I've seen the show. Yeah, because I don't want to spoil anything. Um, but so far, it's really good. It's a good adaptation, and it really just feels like a movie uh, put in, in a TV show. So, oh, definitely. Yep. Which it basically is. Like, everybody who made this is people who make movies. So it really does look like that. It has, like, the one shot where they're riding the horses, and it does the cinematic uh, pan around of them riding the horses across the desert. That was very movie-esque, so. Yeah. So, what did you think, bro? About this episode? I loved this. Okay. Loved it. So getting the episode, episode one, the title is called The Original, and uh, this episode got a, 
I think it was a 3-3. Three, three. Let me check. Um, yeah, it got a, a 1.96 million viewers. So. Wow. It's not... I mean, nowhere near what uh, Braindead got, but that's on uh, regular uh, CBS, where right. everybody has it, and this is on HBO. So, so we open... And we got our intro, which is pretty cool. What do you think of this intro? It it was uh, really it, I I I thought it was really stylistically good. It very much reminded me of uh, Ex Machina. Yes, it felt like they were going for a, that feel. Yes, because you have three uh, D printing of like human body parts and uh, and a horse, and then uh, and then a three D printing of a gun. And uh, a player piano that's playing this music the whole time. It's very cool. Um, I agree. And we open in the lab. And this is where we meet our main character, who's played by Evan Rachel Wood. And she's naked. Have you seen, so we open... ha- have you seen her in anything else? This, uh, Evan? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm sure I have. But I would have to look it up. Because I, 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 I was... I was watching her, and I was thinking... Why don't you look it up right now while I'm doing the review, Fro, and then let me know when you get it. Yeah, where have I... Um, Let's go. So we open up with uh, her uh, her naked in a lab, and she's not moving, and she's got blood on her, uh, like on her hands and on her face, and the lights slowly start to turn on around her, so you can see her more and more as, as the camera pans in on her. And we get a voiceover which we're going to talk about more later, but we get a voiceover for like hmm, the first like 20 minutes of the show. Yeah. Happening. Uh, But it's kind of relating to what's happening on screen and also kind of not. Um, And it does it. The camera does a slow pan in on uh, her in this lab. And as we get closer to her, a fly walks across her face and across her eyeball and then flies off. And then it cuts to her in um, at, in her house. By the uh, way, yeah. By the way, uh, Evan Rachel Wood, uh, of course, is really known from True Blood. Okay, yeah. Anything else? Uh, not really. Uh, she played in Doll and M. Never heard about that uh, series, but like True Blood is the most like famous thing she has been in. Right. Once and uh, again. I don't know if you saw that series. No, I have not. Uh, profiler she was in. I don't think so. That sounds familiar, though. How old is that? Uh, 1998. Uh, yeah, maybe I did see some of that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, uh, for me, uh, of course, she's from True Blood. All right. Or anybody else out there. Uh, so after we leave the lab, we open, uh, we cut to our main character, whose name is Dolores, we find out in a little bit, but she's uh, waking up in her bedroom, and it's very clear that she's in old western type outfit, and her house is very, uh, it's not modern, we'll say that. Dolores uh, Abernathy. Right. We're, we'll call her Dolores, of course. Yes. Uh, 
So she wakes up and goes outside, and she's got a suitcase of some type, which we find out is like a an artist's an artist case uh, with like your pe- uh, stencils and all that. Uh, and her she goes outside, and her da- dad's on the porch, and we get some more voiceover happening here. Um, and her dad says, "Oh, are you going out to? Are you leaving out to go check out the scenery?" Because she's got, uh, you know, painting equipment. And she says, yeah. And this is where we cut to the train. And Ted, uh, we meet our other main character, played by James Marsden. Is that how you say his name? Yeah, I would say his name uh, just like that. Yeah, and And, this uh... is uh, Teddy Flood. And uh, he's on a train, and there are some people in front of him. And the two are talking, and the one guy's talking about how he, last time he came here, he went straight evil. And he played in uh, 30 Rock. And, yeah, he's been in tons of stuff. And Ally McBeal. Right. It's one of his. Uh, he's been in a bunch of movies as well. Yeah. I remember him being in a uh, horror movie, Prom Night, or something like that. Um, so the train pulls into the train station. And Teddy gets off, and there's uh, a couple behind him saying, "Oh, it's look at look at how cool it, this place is." And uh, Teddy walks into town, and we get kind of a, our walk through town scene. And a tall, redheaded guy bumps into into Teddy, and kind of really mean-looking uh, cowboy kind of guy. And he walks past a sh- the sheriff station, and the sheriff says, "Hey, Teddy, you want to come help us get this bandit?" That's out in the hills. He's trying to get a posse together to go catch a bandit. The sheriff of this town is. But Teddy says he can't do it right now. He's got other plans. And Teddy goes to the bar and he orders a whiskey and uh, turns down a hooker who we find out. I like her name. This is Clementine Pennyfeather. Yeah. The best name of this whole show. Really good. Clementine Pennyfeather. And she's hot as F. Right, there's a lot of uh, naked people in the show, uh, but not maybe in the way you would want them to be. So <laughs> you can say that for sure. Right, and uh, this is where we meet uh, Maeve Millay, who's played by Thandie Newton, who is in a lot of stuff as well. Yep, and she's another prostitute. And uh, Teddy looks out the window and he sees Dolores uh, walking through town. And he runs out the door to catch up with her. And Dolores drops, like, uh, she's got groceries, and she drops a can. It, it rolls across the ground. And uh, she, when she, uh, Teddy picks it up, and Dolores says, you came back. And he says, I told you I would. And Teddy offers to take her home, but Dolores is kind of playing hard to get. And she takes off on her horse, and Teddy chases after her. And this is where we get the majestic horse riding scene I was talking about earlier, uh, where they're riding through the desert and you got the flyover uh, drone shot, like circling them as they're riding together. And Teddy and Dolores, uh, this is where they kind of have their romantic scene of them watching the cattle herding and uh, talking about how they're, they feel like they're destined for each other. So uh, Dolores was supposed to be back before dark, but they're riding up to the house and it's dark. And uh, 
as they ride up to the house, they hear gunshots. So Teddy pulls out his rifle and tells Dolores to wait there, and he rides up ahead. And we're at the house, and Dad is being her dad is being pinned to the ground by a bandit. Uh, and we find out this guy's name is Tenderloin at some point, probably, which is a weird, another weird name. But uh, Tenderloin uh, kills the, had, has already killed Dolores's mom and she kills his dad too. <gasps> but Teddy rides up right after uh, Tenderloin shoots her, her dad and uh, blows them both away. Uh, T- uh, tenderloin and he, he had a sidekick that was in the house that was going to try to rape the mother but the mother was dead so he was upset about that <laughs> mm. a weird part and uh, we get a lot of uh, a lot of blood in this scene uh, from the guys it was very cool how they uh, chose the milk to kind of offset the color of the blood mm-hmm. that was interesting uh so Dolores rides up to the house, and th- we get more voiceover here. And this is uh, Teddy's in the house uh, checking out, making sure the other guy's dead. And this is where we meet uh, our the man in black character. And I I must say Ed Harris, it's such a good actor. He's such an underrated actor. Love it. I don't Harris. think he's underrated. I think a lot of people think he's good. Oh, but, but he's, he's he, so he freaking does, scary in this series. Yeah, he's very good in this, and he plays the. Uh, he's got the look for the character, and he plays the character really well. So I think the look is really what makes it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, he's called the Man in Black, and that's what he's credited as. So that's what we're gonna call him. And this is like you said, played by Ed Harris. Uh, and the Man in Black comes up to talk to Dolores he kind of comes out of nowhere yeah and then Teddy walks out and he's like get your hands off of her and they have a shootout and Teddy shoots him like over and over and over again but this guy doesn't die he just stands there and kind of laughs it off and he holds the gun uh, Teddy's gun to his head and Teddy can't shoot him and uh, then the man in the oh this is the part where he grabs Dolores and he he starts dragging her away but Teddy gets up and he starts shooting him again like shooting him in the back this time right and it seems like the bullets are either bouncing off of him or going through him one or the other I can't really tell what do you it, think? it looks like he's shooting at the invisible shield right like the bullets are just disintegrating kind of yeah right so uh the man in black turns around and kills Teddy shoots him in the chest. So this is the part where Dolores kind of begs him not to kill Teddy. And, uh, he says, this is, I, I only noticed this on the second watch through doing two, uh, watching it twice, probably important for this episode specifically yeah. for anybody, not just me who had to do notes, but, um, he says in this part, I didn't pay all this money, uh, for you not to struggle about Dolores. Right. So that kind of gives you a clue as to what, uh, I mean, it gives away if you watch it the second time what this guy's, what he's all about. You know what I mean? Mm. Because he also says in this scene, "You can't kill me, Teddy." You and that's when he holds the gun up to his head. So, so uh, he kills Teddy, like I said, shoots him in the chest, and then drags Dolores off into the barn, uh, which 
I presume to rape her or something. It seems like. Oh yeah. And we get more voiceover uh, from the lab, and it fa- this is where we get our fade to black. And I'll say this a few times in this uh, review and probably more in the future, but the story begins anew here. Mm. And every time I say the story begins anew, I mean Dolores wakes up in her bedroom again. So it's Groundhog Day, the TV show. I was going to say it's Groundhog's Day mixed with an old Western mixed with uh, Ex Machina. Yes. Um, and Dolores wakes up in her bed and we're, Teddy's back on the train again, except this time where the two men were that were sitting on the train before, there's two women and they're talking about how attractive Teddy is, but they're more into the bad guys. Just like the two men were like, oh, I'd rather go. I'd rather go bad guy first. So it, they're pointing out in this uh, in this little scene, uh, these two little scenes that when people come here, more most of them would rather be evil because uh, they people find that fun apparently, which is an interesting perspective on life in and of itself. Mm-hmm. So from the train, we get this super zoom out. Like you would see uh, a satellite image zoom out from <laughs> a town or something. But and, instead and, of going and, and, out to space, yeah. go ahead. No, I was thinking, I was thinking um, uh, the Jim Carrey movie uh, where he's uh, stuck inside the bubble. Do you remember what I'm thinking oh, of? Truman Show. The Truman Show, yeah. Right. It's kind of, well, uh, the shot isn't, but uh, what we get in a second here is. Yeah. Because they, they zoom out, uh, like I said, and we go out to, like, this large holographic map. Um, and it seems like we're zooming out kind of, like I said, like it's a, a satellite uh, imagery zooming out. But when we zoom out, instead of going into space, we go into the, into the lab we were in earlier, except it's from a giant holographic map in right. the lab. Right. And we go across the lab and we see uh, it's a long dolly shot going across and showing kind of the process and these scientists creating and kind of observing like horses and humans. They're like creating them like with uh, uh, it seems like they're 3D printing human beings and horses in this scene. Uh, so we meet our first two scientists. One of them is named Bernard. This guy is played by Jeffrey Wright. And Elsie, who's played by Shannon Woodward. And then they're examining Clementine Pennyfeather now. Yeah. I thought this was an interesting cut because they haven't explained anything to you about what's going on. Yeah. And we saw her earlier. And, and now... She's in this other place, and she's naked with these two scientists looking at her. Such a weird thing to do. But yeah, I like it. Very, I like it, though. Right. It's very cool because, I mean, it just – at this point, you have no idea what's happening. Right. So, um, So they're examining her, and Bernard notices she has this extra gesture that she keeps repeating uh, over and over again. And it wasn't in her programming, they say. So at this point, we realize that this this is like a some type of cyborg uh, or uh, something like that, where they're programming these things' minds. So 
uh, Bernard says it was this this must uh, must have been added by the boss who we find out is named Dr. Ford, who we'll meet later. And uh, they're it, the boss added this gesture from memories that uh, have been suppressed because every time they take these things out of the world, uh, this West world, uh, the memories are purged after each session. So this is kind of like uh, he's using their memories uh, that are in their dormant mind that have been erased to create uh, gestures for them. This is important for later. So Bernard leaves when he gets a call. And this is when Elsie like looks around after he leaves and she goes in and gives Clementine a big kiss on the lips. Bro? Yes. Oh, I thought you were I thought you were totally gone. No. I'm okay. listening to you. Uh what did you think about this scene? Um it's 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 interesting how how they I, I just feel like their um their love hate relationship with those those kind of well, I will call them androids. Is that okay? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm going to call them hosts later because that's what they call them in the show. Right, okay, hosts. hosts. So, But I was just trying to describe what they were. They're cyborg, android yeah. type, half robot, half human and, thing. And, and, and it's, it's, it's such a, a good way to – because one of the things I was worried about when it came to the show – was like, how are we going to have like any like feelings for those androids? Like when we know it's all fake, and they did that with such a special elegance. Right. It. It's just uh, just this little part where the even the scientist is kind of, uh, who knows that this is all fake and is working on it right. like programming this robot even yeah. still has uh, feelings for it yeah so we go back to uh, uh, we follow uh, Bernard who got the phone call when he left and he goes into the map room that we were at earlier and we this is where we find out there's a problem with the the hosts that are in cold storage and it, it says that the cold they, they say that the cold storage hasn't had a uh, it hasn't been cold for weeks, is what they said. There's a problem down there. Mm. Um, and that Bernard says the park hasn't had any problems with their hosts in 30 years. Uh, but security wants Bernard to go with them. So this kind of security team with guns all go down there with Bernard. So at this point, we know, oh, there probably is something dangerous. They get to the bottom uh, of the... They go down in an elevator, and it says they go down, like, something like 40 stories, because they go down to level 83, and it seemed like they started on level 50-something. Right. Uh, basement level 83. And when they get to the bottom, water pours out, uh, and they, this is obviously because the cold storage hasn't been cold for a while. Mm. Uh, and this just looks like a big abandoned mall. Yeah. Like, that, at least where they shot it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, which looks kind of cool, but I'm not really sure what it's supposed to be, except for cold storage, so whatever. 
There's this globe kind of in the middle uh, that looks like something you would see out in front of a corporate building that says Delos on it. And they go into this. They open these giant doors that are like mechanically locked and they open them up uh, to this giant room that's filled with uh, hosts that are all uh, they're not frozen, but they're all kind of like still a little wet from being in the freezing cold. Uh, and it looks and kind it, of it, it, it looks kind of like like the locker for for someone that's a mass murderer. <laughs> Right, except that they're all standing up on their own. They're not yes. like lying on the ground. They're all standing up, just like uh, wax wax statues. Right, kind of right, looks right. like uh, the that tomb of that Chinese emperor that has all those uh, statues in it. Uh, a little bit like that, but this is incredible foreshadowing. I'm assuming for later because there's hundreds of these uh, things in this in this room. Uh, these hosts and. Uh, they can hear some talking in the back of the room. And this is where we meet Dr. Robert Ford, who's played by Anthony Hopkins. Such a good actor. And, and he's in the back having a chat with Custer. The... <laughs> I love Custer. <laughs> he's, uh, yeah, and he's having whiskey with Custer. And we find out that this was one of the first hosts that Dr. Ford ever made. It was like the second host they ever made is what he says. Uh, and that it's super less advanced than the new hosts that they have. It's, you know, it acts more like a robot than maybe a human. And uh, they make Custer put himself away in the body bag. That was kind of, put yourself away. And he like, yeah. gets up and he puts himself away. And uh, then we get up uh, and then the story starts anew again. So Dolores wakes up in her house again. Yeah. And Teddy gets off the train again, and he oh. runs runs into the the redhead again. Oh. And this time, the sheriff, it looks like the sheriff's going to ask Teddy um, if he wants, well, if he wants to, what, what is happening? Is somebody calling us? Is someone calling us? Bro, you're calling me on Facebook for some reason. Oh. Uh, yep, you are. I don't know what the hell that was, but... What? Some reason you were calling me on Facebook. That's very strange. Okay. So ignore, uh, ignore me. I I did. <laughs> uh, so the, in the last time the sheriff uh, talked to Teddy, but this time he asked somebody that's like walking right behind Teddy, who's with uh, a, a, his wife. And uh, Teddy walks on and goes to the bar, and this time he doesn't get hit on by the the prostitute. He. Uh, Maeve and Maeve is in the other part of the room drinking with like three Japanese businessmen at, instead of uh, being by herself. So this whole scenario is different, but it's very much the same is what we're getting the feel of. Uh, so Teddy sees Dolores out the window, but this time he gets interrupted uh, by three guys, uh, which this guy, I know I've seen him. I think I've seen him in commercials. His name's Kyle Bornheimer pretty sure he's in cell phone commercials that's where i've seen him but uh the guy who walks up to him and so he can't get to dolores before they kind of sidetrack teddy so yeah teddy can't get can't uh get to dolores in time so dolores drops the can that she dropped in the the first time we went around but this time the man in black picks up picks up the can and he kind of is creepy to her but says um that he has other plans today 
and he can't he can't be with Dolores. Do you think she she really like looked at, uh, at him like who the fuck are you? So strange. Right, but she didn't really like say who the fuck are you. She just right. was like looking at him like but she did say thank you when he picked up the can, so yeah. Right. But yeah, she doesn't know who this guy is. So she doesn't remember the scene that we had before is what we get out of this. Yeah. She has no idea who he is, even though in the last uh, time we saw these two together, he raped her. So right. the man in black goes uh, into the bar that Teddy was in and he goes to the poker table and starts, uh, you know, puts money in for chips. To get, uh, and we cut to the sheriff's bounty chase with the guy who was behind Teddy and the sheriff and, and the group that are out to find this this uh, this bandit. That's in the hills and the group finds two dead bodies and uh, the sheriff kind of turns around after the the guy who uh, jo- who joined because the sheriff asked him uh, and the guy who asked them is like, I kind of want to go home because it seems like the wife isn't super happy about seeing dead bodies. Right. Uh, and at this point, the sheriff uh, host like malfunctions, like his eye is going all wonky mm. and he can't talk right. Yeah, he kind of goes like he is kind of like red in uh, brain dead. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so we go back to the lab and uh, the here we get the bosses, uh, two people, which I'll, I'll I'll tell you their names in a minute when they have a scene together. But the bosses are mad with Bernard about the mal- malfunctioning sheriff uh, creature robot thing. And. uh they realize it's because of the update they did. Uh, and it probably, uh, Bernard knows that this is uh, probably because of the gestures that Dr. Ford added. Uh, and, uh, one, one of the bosses said, we can't pull 200, 200, uh, uh of these creatures out of it because it'll ruin the storyline. Cause I guess 200 of them have uh, been updated and, and the rest of them haven't. He says, if we do that, the storyline will be totally ruined and everything will go to chaos. So we go to um, – oh, this is the part where we go to the whorehouse, and the three guys that were with Teddy that picked up Teddy are, like, uh, getting uh, – drinking and doing their whorehouse thing. And Teddy's sitting outside on the porch, and uh, this is where we have a fly walking across Teddy's face and, like, into his eye, and he doesn't react at all. It, he's just like uh, – uh, you know, he's – a statue basically. And as they're behind him saying, if we get tired of Teddy, we can just take him out and use him for target practice. Yeah. That, like, that's one of the things like I like about this episode. Like it's, it's talking about like the dark, dark, dark side of like human, uh, cone potion, like buying things and like how much, like, they don't really care about, about this, like, uh, things, posts. Right. They don't, yeah, they, they, they're just there to serve them. And they, it's totally obvious. Uh, so we go to this river, and Dolores is out with her sketch pad uh, and paints. And she's, there's some horses in front of her uh, next to a river. And this family walks up behind her and greets her. And they say as they walk up, uh, we're not supposed to go across the river. 
it's too uh, what did he say? It's it, it's not kid friendly over there because they have a child with them. So at this point, I realized that obviously there's probably a kid section of this old west themed thing, and then there's probably an, an adult section, and we're in the adult adult section right now. You know what I mean? That's why we're getting whorehouses and uh, whiskey drinking and all this other stuff. Does that make sense, bro? Right. Yeah. Um, and so Dolores is obviously more on the kid side, except she's right next to the river. So she she go, t- tells the boy to come down and look at the horses closer. And the boy kind of looks right at her and goes, you're not real. <laughs> and Dolores kind of just goes, I've got to go now. And just like walks away really fast. She's like, you guys better leave. Uh, so we go to like a cattle drive with Dolores's father and Dolores's father finds like a piece of paper in the dirt and uh, we go to the house and Dolores is coming back at, at sundown and her uh, her dad shows her what he found and it's a picture of a woman in Times Square. Yeah. So I guess this was left by somebody at some point and. Dolores says it doesn't look like anything to me, like twice in Isn't a like, kind of very weird? similar way. Like she can't see what it is. She's, yeah, she's programmed not to to know what it is, right? Yeah. But maybe like uh, what I assume we're getting here is that her dad maybe got the update and she didn't, or something right. like that. Right. Um. So we go to the lab, uh, and this is where we meet our uh, two bosses. Uh, one is Lee Sizemore, who's played by somebody named Simon Quartermain, mm-hmm. and he's the writer for this uh, Old West theme park. And yeah. Teresa Cullen, who's played by, uh, this is hard to say, Sadis Babette Knutsen. Sure. Uh, she's Swedish, apparently. Danish. So. I think. Danish? I think. Okay, maybe. Uh, I'd have to look it up again. Um uh, and they meet up on the balcony, these two bosses, like overlooking uh, – it's very scenic, overlooking what I assume is Westworld. So what I got from this kind of scene is they're telling you that not only is Westworld, it's an actual physical place kind of. Right. It's not like in a computer simulation or something like that. So Lee tells her he wants to stop the updates that they're doing because he thinks that they're going too far and that the creatures are more manageable and that uh, the park goers don't actually want them to be so real in the first place. And Teresa, it doesn't seem like she doesn't agree, but she doesn't really say she does agree with him. She's kind of like, you're below me. Why, why are you even talking to me? Kind of. Right. She's kind of the personification of corporate power, I wrote in this. <laughs> uh, so we go to the bar, and in the background of the bar, this is where we get Black Hole Sun playing by Soundgarden, except... I just in like love old, that. In like, except it's done old Western player piano yeah. music. And it's yeah. such a good version of that song. And the bar is kind of closing down for the night, and the poker dealer... Uh, he's leaving, but the uh, the guy frisks him because he's a Native American, or he says he's half he's half Native American, so he doesn't trust him. So the 
the dealer leaves and when he goes out the back door, uh, the man in black is there and he slits his throat and he like drags the guy yeah. away. So, I, uh, I, I, I'm having a theory because like I, I, I'm beginning to think that like the man in black, uh, is going to have a huge part of the show. Like he, 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 He's going to Don't play. you know what's going to happen, though? <laughs> so Me? No. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, I don't yeah, know. I have... Right. Well, I mean, you've seen the movie and read the book, so you have a general idea. But, yeah, he definitely is going to. I, uh, we'll talk a little about it later, what I think. But at this point, I'm sure that this guy is a human and not a robot, which is kind of a question. Right. Uh, especially the first, first time around, you definitely question whether this guy is a human or whether he is uh, one of the hosts. Um, but if you go into that first scene again and watch it, it definitely tells you that he's a human. So, um, so the bar, yeah, uh, he drags him away. So we go back to the lab and Bernard has now completely fixed the sheriff, uh, of the bug problem, uh, from the update. And Elsie tells him that there's another big problem in town. And this is the scene where we go to town and, Two guys who killed uh, Dolores' dad and mother uh, in the very beginning, uh, Tenderloin, and I guess this sidekick is named Walter. Mm. Walter is uh, gone completely nuts, yeah, and he's killing completely. all of the hosts and yeah. like pouring milk on them. <laughs> Which is uh, – that was part of the first uh, time we saw them was that they were drinking milk. We get more of like the milk – uh, mixing with the blood, which isn't that biblical, or am I wrong? Um, it's kind of biblical, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and but there are two like uh, humans, I guess, in the corner, and he says, "This, this isn't for you," and like walks on. So he doesn't hurt any of the humans. He's only killing the hosts. And they go out. Uh, Walter goes outside, and then he kind of pauses. Like, it's like somebody hit the pause button on him. Uh, and all these guys start walking around, and Bernard and Elsie and Teresa are there, and they're all talking about how he's this one's flipped out, and they need to decommission this host. Right. And Teresa decides that the recalling the 200 hosts, they just have to do it, and that they're going to have to rewrite the story to work around these 200 hosts. So Bernard meets with uh, – back in the lab, Bernard meets with Dr. Ford to tell him about uh, that his code that he added without telling anybody is what's caused all these malfunctions. And we get a very cool like uh, scene with uh, Anthony Hopkins talking about um, evolution and talking about uh, where we would go. It, it, they definitely let you know in this scene that we're in a, in a, in a future where all diseases can be cured. And uh, nobody will – everybody can live basically forever and right. that we're very close to even bringing people back from the dead if we wanted to. Yeah. So we're in a very futuristic world at this point, which we knew already just by the technology, obviously. Right. But, right. but we definitely know from here. And we get a very cool little soliloquy from Dr. Ford here. So. Do you but, – but it, it – like even that it's a kind of science fiction show – it also feels like it could be like almost like done in our time. Do you understand what I mean? It's 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 kind of it's kind of trying to tell 
stories from the future, but in a, in a way that it's kind of talking about like human uh, uh, compa- uh, compassion and, and things like that. That is really important in our life and time now. Uh, yeah, it's definitely. I mean, the whole this—it's all an allegory to life. Uh, right. The idea of what the West West world is. Right. And, and we talked all about this when we did um, singularity theory on this show. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of this is whole concept of like, is should a robot? Uh, where where are the rights of of a, of, of a robot? Like, how much mm-hmm. of a robot are you? Like, at what point is a robot? stop being a robot if you make the whole thing out of uh tissue like they're doing in this show mm. so it's all about that for sure and i also life, like so. that we get to see some of the process of how they make their their robots because like what, in, we, in this scene yes yeah that in the background it's kind of showing and it, it uh it's like a big circle and it's it like i said it looks like it's 3d printing muscles yeah. and muscle tissue and things but if you look at it, kind of reminds me the way it's like in this big circle that's spinning of uh, Da Vinci's uh, man. Yes. Yeah, kind of. And it's it, probably it, a, a take out of there. That. It definitely seems like it for right. sure. I think so. um, but yeah, uh, basically, Dr. Ford says it talks all about evolution and how evolution was just caused by mistakes. And it, this is all to get around to going, listen, Bernard. You gotta give it, give me a, a mistake every once in a while. I'm not, I'm just human. Yeah. What do you say? I love that. It was very clever. So uh, we go to the cliffside with the man in black and the poker dealer, and there are like three buckets full of blood next to the poker dealer, and the man in black uh, has like taped or uh, wrapped up his neck with a cloth to kind of keep him alive, and he says that he wants answers from this poker dealer, and. Uh, he says something about there's knowledge in ancient cultures, and I'm going to find out uh, that knowledge from you. And he says that there's a much deeper part to this game that most people don't know about. And at this point, uh, he, the poker de- he scalps the poker dealer, it, it seems like. So he's and, trying to... It, it, it's, it's like... For us, it looks like he's trying to find out, like, the inner workings of this, like, hosts. Right, he's trying to get into his brain. He's, like, cutting off the top of his head. Yeah, but it's also, because he's a Native American, it's a reference to scalping people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, it's uh, it's a double meaning, for sure. It's so much good work. Very well done, for sure. And it's Ed Harris, so he's he's really good in this role. So this is where the story starts anew again. So Dolores wakes up again, but this time her dad is still out on the porch looking at this picture. Yeah, and how how much fun was it to hear? That's not in the scene yet. You're way ahead. You're you're way ahead of me, bro. Oh, yeah. Right. So this is where I'm still on the porch, <laughs> and I don't know what that story or what that song is anyway. So you have to oh, enlighten for, me when we get. Oh, it's for Groundhog Day. Oh, okay. It's, well, uh, it's, it's the, the. I'll song tell you when. I'll t- right. I'll tell you when we get there. But uh, Dolores wakes up and we, Dad's looking at the picture, 
on the porch, and the dad kind of seems to start to malfunction, kind of like the sheriff did. Mm -hmm. Except he turns to Dolores and he kind of whispers something in her ear and tells her she needs to leave and says, hell is empty and all the devils are here. Meaning in Westworld. So Dolores freaks out and she runs to town for help. Uh, And we never get to find out what he whispered into her ear. So uh, Dolores Uh, is in town. She goes to the doctor. No, she tells it to... To uh, to the people. You're ahead of me again, Fro. Stop skipping ahead of me. (laughs) I said we don't find it out in the scene. Oh, we found it out in the scene. I was thinking in the episode. We find out later. Yes. Uh, Dolores, you're spoiling things, Fro. Dolores goes to the doc, the doctor's office, but it's closed, I guess. But Teddy sees her, and they meet up in the middle of the street. The classic like run run to each other and into each other's arms. And they say the same lines that they said before when they met up. You came back. I told yeah. you I would. So that's good little... Uh, I, the little things in the show <laughs> would make them. What the hell was that? <laughs> oh my gosh, bro. Ridiculous today. Uh, and as they do this, five riders uh, come into town. Uh, and they're, they're all, all their heads are covered in blankets. So it's very like ominous. And this is the first time we see our Norwegian actress, Ingrid, say her name, Bolza Berdal. Yes. And her name, we don't find out in this, but her name is Armistance. Mm-hmm. So that's a cool name. I like that. So we go back to the lab real quick, and uh, Lee tells everybody uh, in the map room that he fixed all the storylines and that he added a really cool uh, speech from the bad guy the the bandit that's supposedly in the hills so we go back to town with these five men coming in we, we assume is the uh the bandits uh and a man confronts the the one rider about his horse being stolen and the rider shoots him just instantly and this is where we meet our bandit hector who's played by rodrigo santoro sure who I've seen in things before, but I couldn't yeah. really place them. Uh, and Hector and Armistice proceed to just shoot the town up, like completely like kill everybody that they can yeah. as they go into the uh, bar to steal the safe. And Hector just kind of walks in and is like having a drink as Armistice is just shooting all these people. And uh, two other, the two other guys are attaching the safe to a horse and pulling it out the door. Yeah. So it was a really, I, I really like Hector. They made him re- really look uh, like a badass kind of in the oh, yeah. scene. Oh yeah. Yeah. And he's got a big like scar across his face. He's the classic uh, he's old such West a man. Heel. Yeah. So uh, they rob the bar, and Teddy comes. Or Dolores trying to get back to the house, but Teddy tries to stop her and gets shot by one of the bandits. <laughs> So Teddy dies, and then as night falls, we see Elsie, one of the doctor, or one of the doctor lab people. She's now dressed up kind of in old west clothes, and she walks up to Dolores, and she says like a secret code word to turn Dolores off. Yeah. And they kind of they remove Dolores and Teddy from Westworld 
to take to because they obviously are part of the people who had uh, the malfunction. Right. So back at the lab, Bernard says that all the hosts checked out except for one. All the ones that had the update. Uh, and we and this is the part where we go back to Dolores in the room and she's got the blood on her hands and face and she's naked from the very first opening scene. And we get the same voiceover, except now we realize it's being done. It's the security head of security guy. And he's the one that's asking Dolores questions. And this is the same stuff that was said in the voiceover at the beginning of the show, which is very well done. They're, they kind of wrapped everything up in this one show. I'm like, I, I could have just watched this one episode and been yeah. happy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and in the other room, dad, the dad uh, is being an, uh, analyzed by Bernard and Dr. Ford. And the dad is glitching out. And the reason we figure out he's glitching is because he was programmed to protect Dolores. But when he found out when he found this, the picture and found out there was an outside world. Uh, now he realizes since he's programmed to protect her, he he has to protect her from Westworld now that he found out that there's something outside of Westworld. Whoa. So now his he, it's his programming's all fucked up because. Uh, he's trying to protect her, but what he's trying to protect her from is what he's programmed by. So it's, yeah, yeah. it's a loop in his head. So it's ruining the programming. <clears throat> and at this point, it seems like the dad is kind of possessed because they, uh, they ask what is his original programming? Dr. Ford does. And he says, I'm Rose somebody. And we find out that this is, uh, the dad is bringing up old, uh, I don't know. Would you call them like uh, operating systems? Maybe. Yeah. That more he's or less. rebooting old yeah. operating systems in, that he hasn't used for years and years. So this is a different character that he used to play that was a cult leader of some type. So they say the dad needs to be um, decommissioned because he's totally broken. And this is where Dolores tells uh, the head of security what her dad. Uh, whispered to her and he says she says that her dad whispered violence violent delights have violent ends but it seemed like in this scene they say they they kind of she's saying it over um over uh it's another scene of her dad whispering to her so it seems like he whispers more than just that and that she leaves out something that maybe he, that was the beginning of what he said, but she, and I, she left something out. Super interesting. Right. And this is where we find Dolores is the oldest active host in the park and that she's been around for years and years and years and just been repaired over and over and over again. So now we know that she probably has more of these, uh, you know, access, Accessible old operating systems in her than anybody else in this park, more than likely. Mm-hmm. And the story starts anew again. So Dolores wakes up, and this time she goes outside, and it's a completely new dad who's got a mustache. <laughs> it has like, and he's got new lines. <laughs> yeah. And we go back to the lab, and old dad is getting put in, into the cold storage, and it, he. Uh, Bernard whispers something to him and he yeah. the, the the old dad like almost has tears in his eyes as he's walking back into this cold storage area. Did you notice that? Yeah. Which I thought that was weird because uh, well they're just trying to I guess they're trying to show oh this guy might, maybe is a little more human than the rest of them. Yeah. So we go back to Westworld and Teddy wakes up on the train again. 
and uh, we go uh, to the desert with the man in black riding on his horse. And the man in black has the poker dealer's skull. And on underneath part of his skull, there's like a map or like a it looks kind of like a children's um, maze you would see on like the back of a cereal box. That's a circle. But we also saw Westworld from the uh, holographic map. And that's a circle. Mm-hmm. So to me, it seems like if he had that holographic map, he could probably put this over the top of it and it would tell you where everything is. Yeah. I think it's what it is. Uh, so we go back to Dolores's house and Dolores is standing on the porch with her dad. And she says her final lines that she always says in this scene. And a fly starts to walk across Dolores's neck. But this time, Dolores swats the fly off her neck <gasps> and we cut to black. Very cool ending. I did, yeah. did not see that being the ending at all. Now, this this is such a cool show. I love this. It's it's yep. it's just it's something everybody should go find or watch. Uh, it's pretty amazing so far, at least. It's still episode one, but this episode did not disappoint at all. Oh. So, I think we are going to continue to talk about this, like we say. We always give a series two shows, and then we decide. <laughs> right, but I don't. I'm not even. I don't even think it's going to be a problem for this nope. one because this first one was Me so neither. good, and um, they have to, to royally kind of. like fuck it up in in episode in the two. second episode, right? Yeah, like it, the thing is, I looked at it, and it is directed by a different director every single episode. Yeah, uh, which is not unusual for these kind of things. But no, no, no. no. So, it, but I'm just saying we could have some episodes, sorry, that are a little different feeling and stuff like that. So, right. So, that was Westworld. Um, hey, you have a book there. Yeah, we can do this real fast, I guess. Or we're, we're almost at two hours already, believe it or not, bro. I'm just kind of surprised, but. Wow. Let's do. I have a book here. It's a called Trouble on Planet Earth. Ooh. And what kind of book is this, bro? This is a show, Choose Your Own Adventure book. From It's one of the original Choose Your Own Adventures from 1983, yep. uh, the year I was born, which is kind of cool. Uh, and I think we're just going to do this each week, and then I'll let you decide what where we're going to go. You okay. know what I mean, bro? Okay. Uh, uh, so it, I just got two pages here at the beginning. So this book is called Trouble on Planet Earth. I should describe the, t- the cover for you. On the cover of this book, there's two kids, and they're kind of running away from an oil field where there's oil flying up out of the ground. And the oil is flying up out of the ground into a spaceship that is a, a UFO that's flying over this oil field. The little kids are running away from it. Running away from it in the opposite direction is a, a Civil War soldier. Wow. That's the cover of the book. Good evening. Tonight, we we bring you a special report from the news team on the mounting crisis. Interviews with leaders around the world from Paris, Cairo, Beijing, Moscow, and Washington confirm that no answer has been found to the sudden loss of oil in every oil field in the world. Ooh. Your turn from evening news and jab... Oh, you turn from the evening news and jab your brother in the ribs. Hey, Ned, this is it. It's finally happening. There's no more oil. The Earth is giving up. Maybe the oil is 
is being stolen, maybe there's some international plot to drive up prices. Ned is famous for his crazy ideas, and you and he have gained an international reputation for solving problems no one else can tackle. You're especially good at analyzing data and developing solutions, but Ned goes on instinct and ESP. Wait, Uh he has ESP? What? (laughs) Okay. Together, you're an excellent team. Well, yeah, he's got ESP. Mm -hmm. How could you you fail? Mm -hmm. The trouble with Ned is you have to keep reminding him that it's a team. He's always out for his own glory. Uh-huh. Stolen? Come on, Ned. Who would steal it? It's just been used uh, used up there. There isn't enough oil anyways, at least not the way we, we've been using it. Ned stares at you, and that look comes over his face. It's a look that you know all too well. The look he gets when there is special knowledge hits him. When the special knowledge hits him? I What's guess we're knowledge? Find out about, well, well, I guess we'll find out about it later. Okay. Knowledge from some secret source. Uh-huh. Even Ned can't explain it. It just happens to him. I feel the knowledge, he announces. It's up to us. We'll crack the case. Now I suppose you want us to find out who's taking the oil and bring it back, right? Yeah. Am I right? He nods, adjusts his glasses, and reaches for the World Atlas on your desk. Your last investigation, you and Ned solved the strange phenomenon of melting statues in a national museum. Before that, there was the case of the missing airliner. And before that, there was the grisly case of the trunk murderer in Arizona. In Arizona. Yeah. Ned looks up from the atlas. His index finger rests on a map of the Middle East. I say we begin the search right here in Saudi Arabia. That's where the oil loss was first discovered, according to the news. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. Good, good place to start. Good. Yeah. No, Ned, I say we start by going to Washington, D.C. and offering our help to the government and the CIA. Let's flip a coin, Ned answers. Okay, heads or tails? Do you choose heads or tails? Ooh. Uh, heads. Okay, so we will read that next week. Oh. So, look, this has been a strange podcast. It's I feel a little sad because I'm moving. I feel a little sad because it's a one-year show without Tilly. Uh, I feel a little sad because Tilly's sick to begin with. So. Yeah. We don't want sick Tilly. Yeah, hopefully, I'm assuming she'll be back next week, and we really tried to do something special for this one-year show, but it just didn't happen, so... Uh, we will do something. I don't something. know. We'll do something uh, with those ideas that we had for the special stuff later. Well, definitely. Um, yeah, and I guess we'll watch this Chelsea Clinton marijuana video next week, unless you want to watch it now. Oh! I really want to watch that. Okay, let's it? watch it. Uh, it's on YouTube. I'll bring it up. I'll, I'll yeah. post it, and we can do we can do a countdown. This will be the good way to get us out of the show. Sure. There's that. There's that. So Chelsea Clinton was doing a this week. She was doing. Um, she's been going around and campaigning for her mother, oh, at, especially just... at universities, because she's yeah. you know uh, the younger Clinton. So she's been talking to a lot of young kid, young people about voting for Hillary Clinton. And she was asked the question, so uh, 
we're, this is mostly talking, so we're not going to be able to talk a lot over it, but it's okay. like three minutes long. So uh, let, let me know when you're ready and do a countdown, Fro. In three, two, one, go. Brief question. So th this summer, the DEA was uh, looking to reschedule the, the class of uh, marijuana, specifically in regards to medical marijuana, so institutions could do more research on it. And as uh, many anecdotes have, have seen how many children, specifically with epilepsy, have dealt with the effects of, C of CBD. Uh, and I was wondering, many, many times when the question has been asked uh, to your mother, uh, she hasn't been as maybe explicit about where, where she might stand on the issue of rescheduling marijuana so there could be more research. And I wanted to know if you had any more information on yeah, that. Thank you. So um, I hope you will go to her website because she is very clear. And I'm sorry if you haven't felt that way in her answers. Um, she absolutely supports more research. Um, one of the challenges with the experiments happening around the country at the state level, and she supports states, uh, making whatever choices they think are right vis-a-vis -vis, um, medical or recreational marijuana use um, is that we have no real way to study them. So although anecdotally we have lots of evidence um, in the area you talked about in epilepsy but also in autism, in stimulating appetite for people who are on intensive chemotherapy regimens, um, for people who have non-epilepsy seizure um, disorders and challenges, but we also have anecdotal evidence now from Colorado where some of the people who were um, taking uh, marijuana for those purposes, um, the coroner uh, believes after they died there was drug interactions. What? The coroner? Other things they were taking. And so one of the reasons we really do need rigorous studying to your point about rescheduling marijuana is one, we want to know where it works and it doesn't work. Because probably there's some areas where it works and probably there are some areas where it doesn't work. Like other things that we think have medicinal uses. But two, one of the reasons that FDA has such rigorous testing and one of the reasons our FDA approval process is the gold standard for the world is the rigorous study of how new proposed drugs interact with drugs that are already on the market, both prescription drugs and over-the-counter drugs. It's why if any of us get a prescription, they're all of those like, you know, be careful. It's often like, you know, don't use heavy machinery or drive or don't drink alcohol. But sometimes they're really explicit instructions. You know, if you are taking like these four drugs, please make sure your doctor knows that before you start this prescription. We just need so much more data than we have um, so that people who might benefit have the chance to benefit. People who might be in danger are protected. Um, so absolutely, my mom strongly supports the need for more um, rigorous study and then subjecting it as we do kind of everything else that uh, might have a medicinal purpose to FDA um, approval, scrutiny, and ultimately regulation. So yeah, Let, let's remind everybody, this is Chelsea Clinton. She probably has one oh. of the best educations of any, anybody could get in the entire world. Yeah, right. She was the president's daughter when she was a little girl. She probably has a better education than most people who are geniuses. And what? she thinks she thinks that marijuana can kill you when it interacts with other drugs. <laughs> it is unbelievable. That, and that, she, that, that, she, is, that is maybe the most stupid thing I've seen in months. And she keeps pointing out how there isn't any research. We need more research, and that her yeah, mom. Yeah, I wonder why there's in, in, no research because it's illegal to do that. 
<laughs> and she calls uh, things being done at the state level, meaning legalization or uh, recre- recreational legalization. Uh, she calls it an experiment. Weird. That scares the crap out of me because that means the experiment could be over at some point. <laughs> oh. wow. So, yeah, that's a good little ender. Uh, what are we doing for next week, bro? Nothing. Nothing. We're getting stoned and watching that over and over and over and over. <laughs> that is that that is the most fantastically stupid I have ever seen. But uh, did you know that I actually do another podcast? Uh, look. Yes, I do. Uh, it's called Shark Spond, uh, and it's a podcast about South Park. Where we actually talk and review every episode, every single episode of South Park. And uh, me and Bill have uh, just recorded uh, the last episodes in season two. And I can say it now, season two is my least favorite season of South Park. It's so long and boring. But uh, do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, not this week. I'm good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next week. We I guess will... if any, uh, oh. I'll plug if anybody on the Facebook or in email wants to send, uh, what you want us to do in choose your own adventure. If we get more people saying tails than heads, we'll go that way. So. Sure. Sure. Um, next week we will of course uh, talk about news of the week. We will talk about no mercy results. But we are also doing one of your uh, most anticipated movies of the year. Uh, mm-hmm. The WWE Scooby-Doo movie. Yep. Scooby-Doo-Doo, where are you? Um, we are doing another digital review of Friend Request. Is that a horror movie? That sounds like a horror movie. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Probably going to be a cheesy yeah. horror movie, is what it looks like to me, so... But we're getting in. It's October. We're going to get a lot of horror movies uh, coming up because it's Halloween time. Halloween! Boo-hoo! And uh, <laughs> I don't know. Boo-hoo! And we're going to talk about Westworld episode two. Um, for me and Luke and Sicktelly. And this has been another week, another digital ad. Uh, uh, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, citizen.